1: Friend, you and I have been bought with a price. Do you know you've been bought with the blood of Jesus? Do you know you belong to Jesus? All right, who do you belong to? Because everybody here today belongs to something or someone.
2: Welcome to The Healing Word a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Today, Pastor Morris expounds on God's infinite love for us and how the realization of all that brings about our love for Him. Join us now for the message, The Measure of Love.
1: I want to talk about God's love for us and our love for Him. You know, love is a two-way street. It goes both ways. And I want to consider that very seriously today. And everything I say, I'm saying it to me. I, I hope you'll hear what I'm saying to me and that the Holy Spirit will apply it to you even as He is applying it to me. But I want to talk about God's love to us. I want to talk about Our love to him, Paul, how he had been beaten and scarred and how his love to Christ was demonstrated and his commitment to the Lord and how our Lord talked to us. People in the Bible, and he's talking to people today about their devotion to him and their love to him. I know he's been talking to me about it, and I I want to share with you what I have heard from heaven Because God has a voice. He has words to say. I'm holding His words. And then the Holy Spirit will impress these words upon our hearts. And they'll become alive and real. And we will know that we have heard from God. So let me talk to you about it. Now the very first question that came to me as I was preparing... And I don't only, listen to me, friends, please, I don't only prepare for you, I prepare for me. And if I don't hear it myself, I don't usually come to the pulpit with it. As far as I know, I don't come to the pulpit with it. But the very first question that came to me was a question that I was asking myself, how how do you measure love? This title of the sermon, The Measure of Love. How do you measure it? Jack Morris, how do you measure love? Is there a scale to weigh it in? Is there a ruler uh, or a uh, measure rod to measure it? Uh, Love, How how do you hold it? How do you measure it? How do you know that it's there? How do you know when it's absent? A teacher came to Jesus on one occasion and asked Jesus this question. What is the most important commandment? Now, if he hadn't asked that question of Jesus, I would have thought all the commandments are of equal importance. But apparently, there's one commandment uh, that is of greater importance than the others. And so he asked Jesus this question. What is the most important commandment of all the commandments? Which one holds the greatest weight? Which one is the most important? Jesus without hesitation said, the most important commandment is this, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. That's the first commandment. And the second one is like that one, love your neighbor as yourself. Now what the Lord Jesus was saying, if you and I love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, the other commandments will automatically be fulfilled. You won't even have to worry about the others. Just love God with all your heart and everything else will be fulfilled and will be okay. That's what makes it the greatest of all the commandments. Now the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul had similar questions about his love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you and I want me, I want all of us here, this is an altar service And as I preach, and as we pray, and as we come to this holy altar, I want us to consider our love for the Lord. You know what a hypocrite is, don't you? Okay, then I don't need to tell you. (laughs) You already know, so I'll go right on. How do I know? All right, he tells me to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. How do I know when I'm doing that? He tells me to do it. I agree I should do it. I agree that's the most important commandment. I agree that if I do that one, obey that one, I've taken care of all the others. But how do I know that I'm loving God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength? How do I know that? I mean, these are some of the thoughts that have been plaguing me. How do I know that I am loving God to that degree? Well, I begin to read about the Apostle Paul. And this is what he said in Galatians 6, 17. I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. Paul, you bear in your body the marks of Jesus? Tell me, Paul, what are you talking about? Well, I look back in biblical times. In biblical times, the times of Paul, the times of Jesus, there were many slaves in the world. The Roman Empire had taken over the Mediterranean area. And... uh, in that population, the Roman Empire population numbered about 100 million people. Sixty of 60 million of that 100 million were slaves. That meant only 40 million were free people. The rest of them were slaves. If you walk down the street in Athens, uh, uh, Corinth, uh, Rome and Ephesus. Every four people, every three people you would meet on the street would be a slave. Only two would be free. So there were many, many slaves in that day that Paul was writing about. Now the Greeks had a term that they used for those scars in their body. A, a master would take a slave and make a mark in the slave's ear. That was very clearly seen, ostensible when you would go down the street, make a mark in his or her arm or uh, and uh, make a mark on the face. So it was sort of like their social security number, but it was like when the cowboys down in Texas would brand cattle. They'd say, that brand on that cattle says, that cattle, that cow belongs to me. Well, those slaves were branded. They were branded. And when you would walk down the street, you'd almost, oh, that one belongs to this person. That one is chattel property to that person. And now Paul is saying, I bear some marks in my own body that indicates who I belong to. I've got some evidence. I don't just have a lot of hot air coming out of my mouth, but I've got a life that will back it up, and I've got some brand marks on me. I belong to him, and he belongs to me. We have a tight relationship with God. You can't hardly tell where one begins and the other one stops. Now, the Greeks had a word that they used, and that word was stigma. In the plural, it's stigmata. The scars were referred to as stigma. Now today, we look at that word that has been brought over into the English vocabulary as something that is inferior, uh, that is out of touch, uh, that is disgraceful. And Paul is saying, I want you to look at my stigma. I want you to see my marks. Now, Paul had been beaten numerous times. He was beaten in Jerusalem, Lashed. He was uh, beaten in Philippi. He was beaten in Lustre. And he was taken outside the city limits after he had been beaten in Lustre. He was beaten because he was a Christian, because he went around and told them that the law of Moses couldn't get you to heaven. The only way you could get to heaven was through the blood and resurrection of Jesus. And they Nashed on him and they beat him at Lystria they dragged him outside the city limits and they threw him outside the city limits left him for dead they nearly beat the man to death and Paul said I want you to look at all these scars that I have he said I'm proud of them they might be a stigma to some but they're telling the world and they're telling me also Paul says that I belong to him I'm his property I've been bought with a price friend you and I have been bought with a price too Do you know you've been bought with the blood of Jesus? Do you know you belong to Jesus? All right, who do you belong to? Because everybody here today belongs to something or someone. We are all chattel of something or someone. And Paul says, I belong to the Lord Jesus. Now, we, we don't have physical scars. Most of us don't because of our testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me tell you about a man by the name of David Livingston. Have any of you heard of David Livingston, the missionary to Africa? A few of you have. It was a long time ago, back in the 1800s. Corinne and I, thought that far back, (laughs) we went to England, and we went through the Westminster Abbey. And right in the main aisle, there's a big plaque, right in the main aisle. And that's where David Livingston is buried, right in the main aisle of that Beautiful, beautiful sanctuary. Well, David Livingston went to Africa as a medical doctor, a medical missionary, to tell the Africans about Jesus Christ and about the Holy Communion. He thought that all of England having communion over and over again all our lives long, and there were people in Africa that never had it one time, they didn't know that Jesus had come, that Jesus died and took their sins. And we're enjoying it all the time and being blessed by it. So he said, I'm going to go tell people that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died for them. Nobody has told them yet. I'm going to go tell them because he loves them just as much as he loves the English. So he went to Africa and he gave his life there for Jesus. He cared so greatly for the people. He came back to England Many, many years later, actually, they thought he had died over there. They, they didn't know where he was. He was out of touch for many years. But now he comes back, an old man from Africa. He didn't come in on furloughs and, and like missionaries do today. But I do think missionaries do need to come home every three to four years and take a year off. But uh, he came back, and he went to, at the invitation of the president, Of the University of Glasgow, he went to the University of Glasgow to speak to the student body. Well, at that time in history, the student body at Glasgow University, well, that that university had a reputation. Whenever somebody would walk in the chapel and be introduced by the president, no matter who it was, the people would boo, the the students would. They'd just boo. They didn't, didn't know who he was, who the speaker was, what the speaker was going to say. It was just that he was being introduced by the president and they would boo and they would stomp and stomp and stomp. Well, the president introduced David Livingston and David Livingston stood up and when he stood up and started walking toward the podium, you could have heard a pin drop. All the students stood up in awe and in perfect silence. David Livingston was an older man. His hair had been burnt crisp by the tropical sun. His skin was leatherly looking. His body was emaciated because of jungle fever. And his right arm just hung and swung at his side because he had been attacked by a ferocious lion. But he told people about Jesus... And he had evidence in his own body, very similar to what Paul had in his body, although Paul had been literally purposefully beaten. But but friends, what I'm trying to say, there are some people who are ready to share Jesus and to tell the good news, but you can only share what you have personally received. You can't tell people about the love of God if you haven't heard the love of God and experienced it for yourself. But Paul was telling people about the love of God that had come through Jesus Christ. And people hated him for it. They didn't appreciate him. They made fun of him, and more than that, they beat him nearly to death.
2: Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message. Following this important invitation to join us in worship this Sunday at the Largo Community Church in Bowie, Maryland at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service to experience a wonderful fellowship of believers and faith-building messages based on God's Word that is sure to encourage your faith and spiritual formation in Christ. The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message the measure of love now
1: paul was stoned for his testimony but you know i think sometimes uh, of our love for the lord jesus christ and uh, the sacrifice that that i'm willing to make what i'm willing to do uh, for him and how i'm willing to deny myself i say to the lord okay here it is i'm trying to question myself Jack Morris, how much do you really love the Lord? Do you love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your body? Jesus said, that's how much I should love God. Okay, I want to do what Jesus says. I want to love God with all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. I want to do what he says. But I just don't know when I've arrived at loving the Lord uh, that much. So I I seek God, and I ask God, and I question myself. And I say, Lord, I want to love you like you You deserve to be loved. I want to love you like you love me, but I don't know when I've arrived and when I'm really there. So I ask him the question, Lord, how can I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength? The answer, come, take up your cross and follow me. Friend, look at it. it. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, a cross A cross. I didn't say that, friend. Don't get mad with me. Jesus said that. Get mad with him. He took up one for you. He left heaven and the glories and the riches of divinity and came down to this earth and gave himself. He denied himself. He denied himself. He gave until it hurt nails and thorns and whips and lashes and cross. He gave. Paul said, I have given myself. I have been beaten over and over and over again. And I look today and think, what has Christianity done to show there's a cross? Have we given anything to the Lord? A number of years ago, a couple left the States and went over to Germany to the Passion Play. And uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience, I'm told. But this couple, they were tourists, they were on vacation, and uh, between Acts, there was an intermission between Acts, the wife said to the husband, why don't you go up there and pick up that cross, and I'll take your picture. And the husband said, hey, that's a great idea, that looks good, I'd like to have a picture of myself like that. So he went up there, and he reached down, and he got a hold of the cross, which was one of the props, and he ugh, he couldn't lift it, he couldn't lift that cross, and They walked around looked at that a moment and speechless. And then all of a sudden here comes Mr. Anthony Lang, who was a great man. He came by. He was the one who carries the cross in the play. And the man tourist asked him, said, Mr. Lang, just a moment, please. He said, why is that cross so heavy? This is just a play. This is just acting. It doesn't have to be. Why is it that heavy? And Mr. Lang who had been part of that passion play for 30 years, this is his answer. He said, the cross is heavy so I can feel it because if I can't feel it, I can't perform my act. Friend, you know you and I are carrying crosses that we can't even feel. We don't even know we're carrying them. And so our act isn't very Christian. Now, Jesus loved us, loved us so greatly. Do you know Christianity was born on a cross? Do you hear me? Christianity was born on a cross where there was suffering and pain, tears and sobs, crown of thorns, nails, Gethsemane with its blood bloody sweat that's how it was born but today it's fashionable there was a little boy down in South Florida it was hot in summertime and it was hot balmy and uh, there was a swimming hole out back of his house a little lake and so he decides he's going to go swimming And he starts running down the path toward the pier. And as he runs, he's kicking off his shoes and pulling off his shirt. And there are his shoes and his shirt all the way down the path. And he flings himself into the water. And he begins to, at cool water, he begins to swim out toward the middle. And his mother is in the house. And she looks out the window. And just as she looks out the window, as the little boy was swimming toward the middle of the lake, there was an alligator swimming right toward shore, right toward that boy. The mother began to scream and she runs down the path screaming to the top of her voice and the little boy heard her and he became alarmed and he did a U-turn and he starts back to the shore. She gets to the pier. The little boy gets to the pier, but it was too late. The alligator grabbed both of his legs. The mother grabbed both of his arms and there was a ferocious tug of war and it went on and she kept screaming and screaming and the mother the, was no match. For the strength of an alligator, but it just so happened. And I want you to think of those times that you think, hey, it just so happened. Things don't just so happen. You know, God looks out for His own. Just then, a farmer came by who had a rifle in the cab of his truck on, on the rack, and he grabbed that rifle and he runs down the path. He takes aim, he shoots the alligator, he pulls the little boy out of the water. The little boy was in the hospital for weeks and weeks. After he got out of the hospital, The newspaper reporter came by the house to interview him. And the newspaper man asked him, said, would you pull up your pants legs and let me see the scars? The little boy recovered. He pulls up his pants legs. He shows him the scars where the alligator had him. But then the news reporter noticed that all of the scars on his arm. Well, the alligator didn't get to his arm. The alligator only had a hold of his legs. And the little boy said, it was my mother that had a hold of my arms. And she dug her fingernails into my flesh and pulled the flesh to get me out of there. He said, sir, you see, my mother wouldn't let go. Now, Jesus was on a cross. And the people said, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels or he could have called for all the angels in heaven. And heaven would have emptied of all their angels and would have come. But you see, Jesus wouldn't let go. It wasn't the rusty nails that held him there. It was his love for you and me. You see, he he loved us with all of his heart and with all of his soul, with all of his mind and with all of his strength. He loved us with every drop of blood. All of him. Complete devotion. He wouldn't let go. It was love. He wouldn't let go until he cried out, It is finished. All the sins of mankind who will believe on me and confess and repent are atoned for. Friends, that's how much he loves us. And we're going to come to this table in just a moment. And we're going to partake. And we're going to remember. Blood comes forth when the flesh is open. I want you to think of blood. Blood comes forth when the body, flesh is broken. When you look at the wafer, he wouldn't let go. That's how much he cares. I want to give my heart to him, my mind to him, my soul to him, my strength to him. I don't know, Lord, how much I love you, but I'm trying with all my heart every day of my life. I want to love you, Lord, like you love me. I want to serve you like you served me. I want to give myself up to you like you gave yourself up to me. God help me. God help me. I'm not sure I know how to do that, but I'm going to take up my cross
2: In Jesus' name, amen. God is love, and He demonstrated that great love by sending His Son as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. If you haven't experienced His love, then I invite you now, right where you are, to simply pray and tell God that you want to experience His saving grace and the new life found by trusting Him. We hope today's healing word has been a blessing and has encouraged your faith in God to grow. We invite you to email Pastor Morris directly at at ministries.com and share your blessing and friend. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in to WFAX tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.